0: Are you an entrepreneur, small business owner, author, or artist? What makes you stand out? What makes your brand truly exciting? What's your difference? Welcome to the podcast that's designed to help you build your difference with your audience. Join us on this episode of the Build Your Difference podcast. Welcome to Build Your Difference. This is episode 11. My name is Pierre Walters. I'm the senior producer here at Blue Artist, and I'm joined by two very special people on this episode. First, we've got our, uh, my regular co-host, Miss Courtney Hurst, our publicist and, uh, uh, public relations team lead. How are you doing, Courtney?
1: Hey, I'm better for being
2: here. Let's build our difference.
0: And I'm also joined with Brittany Walters, my wife, and also our design lead at Blue Artist. How you doing, Brittany?
2: I'm doing fantastic. Ready to jump in.
0: Very good. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So on today's episode of the Build Your Difference podcast, we have a uh, really meaty topic to discuss. And this is all about, well, actually, March is all about meeting the emotional needs of of your customer and that is something that is a huge challenge for so many businesses uh, including our own especially when you're dealing with a variety uh, of diverse personalities uh, Mm -hmm. on your in your customer base and so um i'm really excited to be able to really delve into this and on this particular episode we're talking about delivering on emotional deliverables and ultimately how not to take business too personally. So you want to be personal. you gotta you gotta be personal, but you also have to sort of balance that with how you know what's the limit and 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 at what point do we stop taking things personally? So, um, but before we dive into that, I do just want to take a quick moment and uh, discuss our our exciting new program that we're offering for authors. We're calling it, Build Your Brand for Authors. And this is just a a really focused effort of our Blue Artists Plus membership plan, which is built from the ground up for entrepreneurs, small business owners, artists, and leaders. But with this program, we are focusing on authors, and we want to help meet the author's need for reliable self-publishing and also reliable branding and promotion. And we're really excited about this. And if you want to learn more about Build Your Brand for Authors, please visit us at blue-artists.com or you can also go to authors.blue-artists.com. Okay, so Courtney, Brittany, let's dive on into this. Uh, Let's dive on into this, excuse me. Let's start with the first Uh, the first area of focus and that is the importance of being emotionally available to your clients Mm -hmm. why is this important and and how do we do this
2: well,
1: you know, Wikipedia seems to be the knower of all knowledge right now. And so I've Googled um, through Wikipedia customer service, because that's kind of what this is about. It's customer service, just to see what the definition was. And it says that customer service is the provision, so ahead of time choosing to provide. Customer service is the provision of service to customers before, during, and after purchase. Oh, and I just snapped out of it. Phooey. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> here we go. Ah, here we go. Change screens. Customer service is the provision of service to customers before, during, and after a purchase. Customer service is a series of activities designed to enhance the level of customer satisfaction. That is the feeling that a product or service has met the customer expectation.
0: Mm. OK, so it looks like uh, looks like setting that expectation is really important because ultimately that's going to be the, the the judge on whether or not you've delivered uh, to the customer's satisfaction. So we've got to set the expectation that we know that we can meet. Does that sound right?
1: That's absolutely but, well, correct. Yeah. yeah, we have to we have to make provision for it. We have to not oversell our services so that they're expecting more than we're actually being willing to give. We don't all, We also don't want to undersell it. But it's interesting that the, the definition and the focus here was that it's a series of activities that provide the feeling. You are selling a feeling for the product or service that has met their expectation.
0: Mm. Okay, so Brittany, yeah. you are our design lead, but you've also got some really powerful experience working in several other uh, areas of the market I uh, know mm-hmm. uh, producing at MTV, mm-hmm. uh, working at Apple, um, dealing with uh, video games and uh, the, the old that, the, that reality television culture. So tell yeah. me about <laughs> you know in your experience customer, mm-hmm. customer customer service and the importance of being emotionally available to clients like how, how what do you have to say on this?
2: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're dealing with so many different people coming in at so many different levels of energy and expectation, um, you have to realize that you're going to be helping more than one of these different personalities in any given amount of time. And uh, the importance of being emotionally available really just means that, you know, you're not bringing in, first first off, anything that you're carrying with you from your personal life. You have a ton of things going on with yourself. Um in different ways you might feel about certain things. But when you're dealing with someone else and trying to represent, you know, your company or a certain product or bring an experience to that person, uh, you have to come at it with as clean a slate as possible, positive energy for that person, uh, positive intent for that person. You know, that customer isn't there to ruin your day. They're just there to get help or, you know, uh, a service or to learn something. And so um for you to come in right away, just ready to help them and give them the best experience possible. Uh, is going to be the best result for everyone involved really and um, you know not carrying any negative emotions from a previous interaction to a next customer who has no idea about what you just went through is very very important you can't carry that with you throughout the day you can't let that one uh, missed shot to take it to a sports analogy you know ruin your opportunity to score that three-point goal with the very next person.
0: That's powerful. That's powerful. So I I, I wanna I wanna sort of understand this now from my perspective. I'm uh, when I'm okay. Like when I'm directing, I'm I'm encountering a lot of different personalities. But I'm I'm encountering those personalities from the perspective of a director. And so my my job in those cases is to just basically have answers and point them in the right direction and and get people to where they need to be so we can move on with the day. But I'm I'm not usually in a situation where I'm uh necessarily needing to uh you know sort of solve a customer's problem per se so sure. you know and i think there's a lot of business owners that are like me in that sense where mm-hmm. we're we're sort of really focused on providing the precise service that we know how to provide but sure. but oftentimes we get customers that are kind of asking about other ish, like other things or I, okay so I, I don't know if i'm tr- i'm a- if mm-hmm. i'm asking this correctly but like, how emotionally available should you be ah, to yes. a client? You know, mm-hmm. when when they could be coming from so many different areas. And like when I'm directing, it's easy to to be, you know, relatively not really emotionally available because sure. I'm I'm there to basically direct traffic. Mm-hmm. But um, in a you know in a sort of an intimate or a one-on-one type situation, a customer is needing help about something, or you know. How emotional like how do you judge that because it it can get it can get it can get very uh awkward sometimes if you're s- sort of too emotionally <laughs> oh, available yeah, you know like you're just sitting there you definitely
2: having have to find the
0: balance hours and hours and hours of conversation yeah. with a client and you're not really accomplishing anything mm-hmm. you know like how do you guys you know this is for you Courtney and Brittany, like how do you guys manage that you know mm-hmm. That's my loaded question for you, so just jump in, anybody.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about what Brittany was telling me earlier. Maybe you can review this for our for our listeners, but it sounds like the brand of your company, are at Apple or you work lead, it sounds like the branding in and of itself almost tells you what perspective to, to have on that question, Brittany. Do you remember what it was you and I were talking about with what Apple says your job actually is?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, One thing that we talked about a lot during my time with Apple in particular was that, uh, you know, we're not there to really, you know, fix a phone per se or or fix a problem per se, but more so to repair the relationship with that customer between the brand and themselves. And um, I think that really can apply to any company, uh, even blue artists, you know, we're there to um, to make sure that the relationship is solid, you know, of course, within reason to the business. I think we'll talk a bit more about that
0: as well. Yeah, well, that just goes right into our next our next area of focus, and that is what's the danger of taking business too personally. Correct. Um, how do you how do you judge, uh, you know, um, how, how do you judge the level of emotional availability that you want to have with mm-hmm. a customer? Because 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 sometimes when you cross that line suddenly it's not business anymore and now it is personal and Mm -hmm. and so if you have to say no if you have to, you know what i mean if you have to uh i mean i think you know if we take a step back we realize that as much as we want to say this it's simply not true and that is that the customer really isn't always right and how do you how do you navigate that and and say you know you know Listen, like you know, there's some things we have to disagree on, or there are some things that we simply cannot provide. Mm-hmm. How do we do that without sort of, you know, damaging the the uh, the the personal or the emotional relationship, or the emotional trust or bond?
1: Oh yeah. No, I, won- yeah. I wonder if that's something that we set ourselves up for. Uh, sometimes when we're doing business, we dive right in and get into the nitty gritty of a project, and we let the customer assume that we will be delivering something that we did not promise, it was not in the contract, it's not been discussed, but of course the customer is always right and if they believe that they should receive a certain product or service to a certain level, whatever that is, good, better, ugly, then we assume that they're right. Sometimes I think that we let them believe a certain expectation. I think we let them have an expectation. We don't tell them specifically what to expect. Remember back with the Wikipedia definition that that we put in place, we make provision so that these customers have a feeling, they're buying a feeling, remember purchases, anything that has to do with money is an emotional choice at the end of the day. Mm, That we make provision for them to have that feeling so that it has met their expectations. Sometimes we don't tell them what to expect before we get into bed, so to speak, and maybe that's our fault.
0: Mm, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. That is powerful because what I like about it being our fault is that because it's our fault in in a situation like that, we can own up to it right. and we can fix it. Mm-hmm. We can we can transform the way that we handle it. Um and that that I honestly that is a great Way to to look at it, I think. So, what what other dangers can come of, uh, you know, of of t- of of taking business too personally?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Forbes actually put out this article, and um, I was just reading over it because it's it's such a paradigm shift. We, we've been taught the customer is always right. If I'm a customer and I waltz into Macy's and they have something marked wrong. Uh, the wrong price, and I go up to the cashier register and they don't give me the sales price, even though that sweater wasn't meant to be fifty percent off it was if it was marked fifty percent off, they'd better they'd better give me that that off because I'm the customer, and I'm right. Mm-hmm. That's how we've been raised. And in business, we've been also raised to believe that the customer is always right and to let them beat us up and to um, feel like we either deserve it or it's our job or that's just part of doing business. But Forbes posted this. And they they said that there are three reasons why the customer isn't always right.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> what Forbes is yeah. publishing this? Okay, I've got to read this. <laughs> they
0: found they
2: found three whole reasons, huh? <laughs> they did. They found three reasons.
0: <laughs> well, well, Courtney, I'm looking at that same article. So if you want, we can tag team this. Why don't you uh, list the first reason, and I'll list the second, and Brittany, you can list the third. Absolutely sure.
1: Okie do. The first reason is that customers really aren't always sure what they want and many times we don't do a good job of uncovering what they really need.
0: Mm. So, so, so they're not sure what they want but we're also not doing a good job of figuring out what they actually need in the first place. Yeah. It so
1: maybe yeah. being active listeners and asking ah, yeah. them are you uh-huh. sure this is what you're wanting? Is this product actually going to fulfill your emotional needs? why are you convinced that this is the product or that we're the company to provide it for you and then as we listen if we feel that perhaps we're either not the right company for them or that perhaps whatever order they're taking out you know it, it maybe if it's not the right fit then maybe making that recommendation that perhaps this is what you really need instead what do you think?
2: Oh yeah, yeah that sounds great. Sounds like uh, what you're describing there Courtney is you know asking the customer questions taking time to listen to what they give you voluntarily, and also not being afraid to uh, offer advice to that customer. I think somewhere hitting those three points in a conversation with the customer, you can quickly find out what kind of expectations need to be set.
1: Mm -hmm. And from a a branding or public relations perspective, brand where we know that we don't own our brand, it's co-owned between us and public opinion, but mostly the public opinion and then PR where it's that relationship between us and that external audience, um, we, can, we can put something out there but so often we don't know what to put out there. It's, it's relationship based and so if we're taking that extra step to get into their head, let them know that we give a care and to engage in that two-way conversation, perhaps our brands will be stronger as a result. Hmm. Yeah.
0: All right, let's let's move on to the to the second point here because this is, I think, if we don't keep this thing going, we're gonna spend hours on this because it's <laughs> it's so good. All right, so the, the second point here on this Forbes article is uh, if if customers don't know the answer, they just make it up. <laughs> now that blew my mind because I for some reason never really thought about this on behalf of our customers, but. I know that I'm guilty of this when I go to the store and when I get asked questions uh, by staff at the store, and I don't know the answer, and I just make it up, and I do that because, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to be caught, you know, with my pants down, so to speak. So it's it's yeah. very, very ironic, actually. <laughs> so let's 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 explore this a little bit, like an example of where a customer uh, is doesn't really know the answer and in fact is making it up. And the example in this article is. Uh, If if you ask the customer, okay, well, do you prefer the red package or the blue package? And the customer really doesn't know which one they prefer, so they just pick one. And they just said, well, the red package. But we who understand the red package and the blue package as being, you know, this is our service we're providing, we have uh, our own understandings for those packages. And so a customer who just randomly chose Mm -hmm. one of those packages, we're now making assumptions Based off of the package, what they need based off the package they chose, which on their end was totally random, but on our end is filled with you know tons and tons of research and focus groups to back it up. So now we're kind of in a in a uh, a little bit of a pickle here because we're placing unearned expectation onto our customer, um, really for something that they don't even they don't even really know and could be quite frankly you know completely dishonest.
1: But you know, Pierre, what I love about this is it's not meant as a pointing of a finger at the customer. You don't know what you really want. No, 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 no. This is so normal. This is the coping mechanism that we use every single day. Like, Brittany, have you ever had a girlfriend come up to you and just say, the guy didn't show up for the date and he was four hours late and he didn't text me. You complain about it to your girlfriend and he goes, ah, he doesn't know what he's missing. Blah, 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 blah. And you make up some lame excuse to <laughs> pass by your girlfriend. We all do it, right? <laughs> We make up what we don't know, and you know it's the same for if somebody cuts in front of us in line, or if a good thing happens. You know we make up the answers to the things that we don't know, and of course it makes sense that this would apply to our daily lives as far as business goes as well. It's not the customer being um, unreasonable or stupid, or us thinking that we're high and mighty. Mm-hmm. It's human. Our brains function like this.
0: Hmm. All right. Let's move on
2: to now the third point in this article. Brittany, why don't you tackle that? Sure. It says here that uh, customer expectations are not always rational.
0: Hmm. Well, so this to me sounds like the the last point, um, except taken now to the extreme. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is sort of you know hitting the head on the news here, or the the nail on the head, uh, because quite honestly. Yeah, they're not always rational. They're mm-hmm. not only are they spontaneous, but they're but it's possible that an expectation the customer may hold is just completely not rational, regardless mm-hmm. of what you, we've done as service providers uh, to set it up. Yeah. So so let's talk about this a little bit. How how do we how do we deal with something like this, and and how do you how do you work to reestablish that relationship with a customer whose expectations of you aren't rational? Mm-hmm. Who wants to tackle that? <laughs> yeah, no, like this is a heavy well, one. You know, I guess. It's it's one
2: of those things where you know no one wants to be seen or to put a view on someone that's irrational. I think as the service providers, we always want to want to believe that we can help someone no matter what the situation is. We want to be their superhero, so to speak. Um, while still trying to remain in some kind of realm of expectation. And um, it's just really interesting, you know, how you try and tackle something like this, how you try to help someone who may have expectations or, that are really out there. And I really think it's just not being afraid to face the conflict when it comes to, again, resetting those expectations. I think that's the best thing to do uh, for both parties involved, you know. Say, uh, yes, I know you wanted X, Y, and Z. And um, you feel like because you don't have that, it has now created this problem. Um, But let's talk about how we can solve this together, you know, and try to meet the person halfway, try to get them back to the realm of rationality. And then um, really kind of work through what can be provided by you as the provider and uh, maybe even giving them suggestions for where else they can get help. You know, sometimes the customer is, is very happy with just hearing some advice on where else to get information if you can't provide everything, knowing that you have something to recommend to them. You know, it's not as much for them to try and figure out on their own.
0: Mm, mm. So that means being solution oriented, correct? that's And right. not not just saying, "Well, we can't do that," or "Well, you know, we we never promised that," or something exactly. like that. We're providing a solution so that they feel like there's still there's still value in that relationship. Mm-hmm, that's okay, right. that's that's powerful. That's very very powerful. Um, I like
1: that Brittany didn't just mm-hmm. throw her hands up. I like that she continued a relationship instead of just cutting them off and said, well, is there a fix? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And, and I'll be, you know, I mean, that, you know, I'm, and I'm speaking now as literally a a, a, a entrepreneur. Um, and, you know, I love our team at Blue Artists, but, you know, there was a while when I was starting off that I did not have a a team like this. And I can say that, you know, so, there's, there's some uh, perspectives that um, that you know, I that I learned or got ingrained to me during those years of kind of doing things on my own. That I'm still trying to shake, and and one of those in this case may be you know just dealing or or figuring out how do I re reestablish that relationship with a customer whose expectations of me aren't rational. Um, it's 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 a challenge but you know the the important thing as Brittany just said and as you just pointed out courtney was not to throw your hands up and just sort of give up and it's it's really to say listen let's let's make this relationship fruitful even if you're not receiving what was your initial expectation let's reset this and let's provide you a solution even if that does mean uh telling the you know suggesting to the customer that hey Perhaps there's a different service that might be better suited for you. Or perhaps there's a different company that might be better suited for you. Here's some suggestions based off of what we've learned together. And, and here's how we can help make this transition easier for you. Mm-hmm. So it's it's solution-oriented. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what what we are doing, I think this goes into our third area of focus, um, is that we're finding out how to deliver on these emotional deliverables without becoming too invested so Mm -hmm. so we have sort of that 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 chasm where we we don't cross where we do say all right look you know if this is just not a fruitful uh... uh, relationship for both parties then we're not uh, as a service provider so emotionally invested in the uh... in the client that we won't do the objective or the reasonable or the right thing and say, you know what, this is something that uh, we we it's better for both parties if we refer you elsewhere. Um, and I think I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I have seen companies kind of bend over backwards to the point where their their backs literally broke, you know, to try to meet the the expectation of of customers
2: and only <laughs> and, to have the customers still not be satisfied.
0: Oh, and the yeah, and the customer. Is still not satisfied, and the business has now gone out of business because they just they tried so hard, they gave everything they could, and they just could not meet this demand. And so the the business now dies, and the customer is still not satisfied. So that's you know, a, <laughs> go ahead, Courtney. Yeah, right
1: I think there's like a pivotal moment that we keep talking about, but we haven't identified it. And you've talked about it in the sense that there is a, a customer who. Uh, may or may not have realistic expectations for whatever reason, whether it's our fault, whether they're just that kind of a person, quote unquote, or you know, Brittany's idea of you know working through it, addressing the issue, and I think that that pivotal moment is consistency. Ah. Um, there is uh, one of my favorite training videos. is called "Give Them the Pickle." And it is expensive because it is that good. It's by Bob Farrell. And it's actually like 900 bucks to purchase the DVD. So anything that I'm giving you is basically already online. So we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> wow. But it is that good. And it's this guy, he's, 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 a uh, you, you could call him elderly if you want. He has like snow white hair. He's very quirky and he owns ice cream parlors. And um, it's just this very fun, upbeat place. And there's a gentleman who comes there to get a, a burger to eat once a week, every single Tuesday. And when he comes in, you know, they, of course, give pickles to, to, to their clients who order burgers. And every time he comes in, he asks if he could have an extra pickle. And every single time for the last 20 years, they've given him an extra pickle every Tuesday when he comes in and orders his burger. And this one time, there's a new waitress who comes in, and um, her – um, her her attitude wasn't perhaps the best. Maybe she had a hard day, she, steep learning curve, working at this ice cream parlor. And he says, um, "I'd like a burger, please." And she's like, "Sure, I'll be right back." And she comes and brings it back. And um, he says, "Oh, I'm sorry. They they always give me an extra pickle. Could I have an extra pickle with that, please?" And she says, "Sure, but it's fifty cents." And um, he says, um, "No, that's that's all right. Thanks, thanks anyway." And um, he goes home after eating his burger and writes the owner and says, I will never be back. I've always had my pickle. It's a small thing, but it's the principle of the matter. And <laughs> mm-hmm. um, my feelings are hurt. And, of course, the, the owner wrote him back and just said, thank you so much for sharing this with me. We'll work on it. But the, the hold up was the consistency. Set high standards and stick to them throughout your entire team. And as Brittany mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, stick to your standards. Let's talk about this. Let's see what it is that's not working out. And as long as you stick to your standards, whatever they were that you established in the beginning, perhaps you can work through them. Now, on Pierre's side of things where you have a customer who perhaps has a set of standards in their head that are unrealistic, Mm -hmm. whether it's because we set them as uh, a different set of standards from the beginning or have changed them, or maybe it's been the same the whole way through and the customer's um, perspectives are warped for whatever reason. So us being consistent, having that same set of high standards, at the end of the day, if we're consistent, we can, so to speak, and this is the rare occasion, but we can fire that customer. And when people talk with them, if they actually talk about what happened And why they're no longer with your company, whatever your company is as an entrepreneur, we know that they will say what happened in the story. You can only sugarcoat things so much and they will flat out just have to tell people how good we are, the set of high standards that were enforced and that we just weren't for them. Mm -hmm. Be consistent. That's your pivotal moment. Set high standards and stick to them whether you keep the client or have to fire the client have your consistency and it'll work out.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Very well said, Courtney. That that what a great way to wrap up this conversation. That, oh, yeah. um just you know, if you, listen, if you're listening to this, uh consistency absolutely is the key and uh I can't tell you there really is nothing worse than an inconsistent business, an inconsistent company. I mean, you just when you don't know what to expect from a business, um, then you don't know that business, and that business doesn't know itself, and and that goes against every every principle of branding that we know of. You know, starting with understanding your identity and sticking with that. And then bridging that gap with your community through conversation. If you don't understand yourself and if your identity is, you know, flip-flopping all the time, then, um, you know, it's going to be real hard to have any kind of real meaningful relationship with your customers because they don't know you because you don't know you. And that's real powerful. So thank you, Courtney, for that. Now. As we uh, bring this podcast to a close, this was a fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to encourage, if you're listening to this podcast and you want us to help you to build your brand. You know, you got to remember that, like like Courtney says, your brand is co-owned between you and your customer. And uh, sometimes we forget that. And uh, that's why having a team work with you to build your brand is so important and and i want you to know that we can help you we can help you with your brand with your web presence your public relations your social media and your creative design we can help consult and manage your brand with our experience I want to invite you to give us a try. If you do, we'll give you your first month for free. We're going to give you a free copy of our book, Prove It With Pictures. And we're going to allow you the opportunity to to see what it's like to work with us and to see just how much your business can grow. Courtney, let's end with a question. What have you got for us this week? Courtney, are you there?
1: Sorry. Yes, I'm here. I had this on mute. I had a uh, a little bit of a passing uh, sound coming out the door. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I'm back. Ending with a question. Oh, Phooey. Um, you know it's a little bit confusing because at the end of the day, um, it, th- there may a there may be a boss of a company, but who's paying the boss's salary? Um, okay. it's the mm-hmm. client, quite frankly, and so. Um, of course, this is the the age old dilemma. You know, um, is the client always right or not, and how so? I mean, we've talked about that at length today. But with a customer knowing that emotional needs are so important, and yet at the end of the day, money talks. Do customers vote with their emotions or with their wallets? What do you guys think?
2: Mm. Okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. I think that's a great <laughs> question. Um, Thank you so much, Courtney. Uh, so listen, if you want to respond to that, if you want to send in an email or uh, tweet us on Twitter to let us know your answer to this question, you can email us at info at blue dash, uh, excuse me, info at blue hyphen artists dot com. You can also find us on Twitter at builddifference. Our website is blue hyphen artists dot com and our number if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail is 877-977-2023. Again, that's 877-977-2023. And we will be selecting one of those voicemails for our next episode, okay? So I'm really excited to hear what you've got to say. All right, thank you so much, Courtney and Brittany. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, bring this podcast to a close. Thank you for listening to the Build Your Difference podcast. This show is produced to keep you motivated, inspired, and pushing forward on the path to brand success. Remember, your brand is defined by your customer, not by you. So be open to the possibilities. Embrace a team approach. Let us help you build a difference that everyone can be proud of. Visit us online at www.blue-artists.com. We'll see you next time.